0: Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. I invite you this morning to go with me in your Bibles. Want to go to a couple of texts. Invite you if you see a QR code up in front of you here. We have a lot of scripture today. I just really want it today to be just... Um, an overflow, an outflow of some scriptures. And so there's a number of scripture, uh, certainly way too many to remember. I'm not following a text, I'm following a a particular topic. And so invite you to just, uh, you can grab this on your phone and notes will come up and you'll have the notes, you'll have the text, you can save that and keep that and go over it later. So I really encourage you to do that, that's why we do this to make it available to you. We'll try to make it available right at the end of my message again. Uh, If uh, you didn't catch it at the beginning, that you can catch it at the end of the message, and you can download those notes for yourself. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to begin, and then we're going to go to James chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 11. It's going to be maybe a familiar scripture to some of us. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Can we maybe say this all together? Let's read this verse together. Can we? With one voice, everyone? And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it is impossible. So with faith, you please God. We put it into the pause. With faith you not only please him, but you will see the rewards of your faith. James chapter 1, verse 6, maybe with one voice, let's read the two verses here together, everyone together. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I want to receive from the Lord. I want to be a recipient of what God has for me. But to do that, I go back to the first part when you ask, when you come and you ask something, you must believe. And what you're believing is we've been singing it, we've been we've been stirring the pot all morning. Believe in his faithfulness. Believe that he not only is able that he can do what he says he can do. If he says he can do it, he can do it. But also believe That he desires to do it. You believe he is able and willing. And so we come, we ask, when you ask, you must believe and don't doubt. The word doubt is of two minds. Well, God, if you do it, that'd be great, but I understand if you don't, maybe you can't, maybe you don't want to. And so, therefore, what what would we just, what's the asking then? The one who asks is like a wave of the sea, you see them coming back all the time. Never changes, never changes in, out, in, out, in out, day in day and night, year in year out, decade, century, never changes, okay, the one who doubts it's like the waves coming in and out, blown, tossed. the person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, but you put that into the positive, but when you ask if you believe, if you believe in his faithfulness, you believe and you put your faith there, you will receive from the Lord. I think this is really quite big, this is quite big, and so. Uh, The title of my message this morning, How Not to Come to God. Normally, I don't like to put messages in the negative, but today I thought I would. How not to come to God. I'm going to share some things because the Bible talks about, as these two texts, a couple of things we're not supposed to do. So Father, we ask that you would help us to see what it is you're trying to show us this morning. There's a reason. I dare say the reason is because we might be struggling in this area. We might be struggling in our faith. And so, Lord, you don't say this to condemn us. You don't say this to marginalize us. You say this so that we might see that you care enough, that you will give us what it, what we need to grow in faith so that we will see the hand of God move in our midst. We know that God is contingent on such. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Many believers, we pray and we Take the posture of more, Lord. More, Lord. I want more. I want more of you. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I want more to be shut in. I want more zeal. I, want, maybe, I need more tears. I need more joy of the Lord. As maybe a zeal. I need more of God's word. And again, those in and of themselves are good things. But there is a serious missing link to all of that. And it's Faith. More Bible reading, but if you don't have faith, it won't do you a whole lot of good. More times in prayer, but if you don't have faith, it's not going to do much good. You can do the more and still not receive much because the more is not coupled with faith. Faith is the missing link to all of this. Our series here is called Reignite. We're starting 2023, believing God to reignite, reignite passion reignite the fire reignite a right standard of living and righteousness to reignite whatever to reignite the things of the lord we're praying god reignite but we can't get reignite if there's not the proper fuel there to light what needs to be lit we need god we need to surrender that to what his plan is in our life so again a number of scriptures we're going to go through them we already read this one james 1 verse 6 he says when you ask you must believe and not doubt He's saying, listen, if you, if you are double-minded, then a lot of what you're going to do, you won't be able to see the miracle because there's the ingredient called you must believe. And believing, I found, can be the hardest thing. I can go through motions and still not believe. Believing can be really, really, or I can say it but not really mean it. How many times that happens? Yes, Lord, I believe. I come to you in faith believing, but then we go and do something contrary. David was probably a great example in the Bible. I'm going to use him as an example of a person who believed, and you see it lived out through his life. We see God touch David in a very, very unique and powerful way that would raise him, a shepherd boy, to be a king, to be a psalmist, to be a leader. And he really set the pace where the city of Jerusalem today is called the city of Zion, the city of David. And so David was one who exercised tremendous faith. Let's look at a few things here. In Psalms 33, verse 20. In Psalms 33, David says, We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for, here it is, for we trust his holy name. All those things, the hope, our help, our shield, our heart rejoices, based on, because we trust your holy name. Now, he didn't just say we... Trust your name. Trusting your name would be kind of kind of weird. It'd be like me saying, well, I, you know, I trust in the name of Frida. What does that mean? It means I trust in Frida. He says, I trust in his holy name. The name Jesus, I trust in your holy salvation, in your salvation. So when he says, I trust in your holy name, I'm trusting in everything who you are. That's what David is saying. I trust in who you are. Psalms 28, verse... 6, David continues. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy with my song. I will praise him. My heart trusts him. Psalms 18. Psalms 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock. In whom I take refuge. My shield, my horn, my salvation, my stronghold. I take refuge in him. Psalms 26, verse 1. Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord. I've trusted and not faltered. The common thread. Lord, I trust you wholeheartedly. I trust you. You can't go through the Psalms. David will over and over say, listen, the reason you're seeing things is because I don't have a plan B. I trust him alone. You don't get there overnight. We don't get there. I don't get there overnight. It becomes a discipline of my my heart, a discipline of my um, attitude, a discipline of my actions that I will choose to believe him. And then every time, contrary to that, I bring back into alignment, you don't work up faith, you just exercise faith. And David would do this so well. So how are we not to come to God? Number one, do not come to God expecting him to do any good thing for you unless you come to him in childlike faith in his promises. It sounds kind of simple, but we know it can be very hard. Don't come unless you're expecting him. Did you come here expecting him to fulfill some promises today? I've been reading quite extensively the last number of weeks historic revivals that have taken place, particularly, um, well, revivals around the world, uh, particularly in the UK and the United States, the revivals. I've been going through a number of them. I probably add about, you know, the 16th, 17th revival now. I've been. Each day, I study one in particular. And there's some common themes through these revivals. One of the common themes is no revival came without some serious cost of preparation. It just didn't happen. It didn't sneak up on people. There were people who were crying out with absolute desperation, and they would not stop. I'm going to use the word they were relentless. Relentless. They could not go back to life. God, we believe that there needs to be intervention and we will stay at it. One of the common themes is the price that was paid by people for revival. And and that's one of the problems I think maybe we have is, is when things go fairly easy and there's too many options, it's the heart's not just hungry enough. We we like to have God, but we like to have a lot of other stuff. I shared last week the message. If you weren't here, invite you to go. It'll be on podcast now. But um, from Isaiah chapter four verse one, we we want to be identified with Him, but really we don't want everything that comes with that. It's not Him and Him alone. Passionately, firely, in fire, love with Him. So we come to this part. Don't come unless you unless you come to him in childlike faith and his promises. The Bible says it's impossible for you to please God without faith. An illustration of the Old Testament is Abraham. Abraham is considered the father of faith. He was the beginning of the nation, the chosen nation of the Jewish people. Paul would speak of Abraham, and I'm going to pick this up in Romans chapter 4, verse 19. Paul would speak of Abraham. Listen to this. Romans four nineteen, Without weakening in his faith... Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet, Abraham did not waver through unbelief. Waver, back and forth, cease. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded... That God had power to do what he had promised. Some some key words in this text right here. Note the part, did not waver. Did not waver. Note the part, strengthened himself. He strengthened in the faith. I'm going to come back to that in a second. And he was fully persuaded, fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. He didn't have any doubt. In the situation of Abraham, if you go back to the story, remember God had promised he would be the father of a new generation, of a generation that God would call out as those that would carry his covenant to the world. And Abraham got older and older and older. His wife was right along there with him, got older and older and older. It got to the place where uh, she stopped having the capacity to bear a child. Uh, She did not have fertility in her body anymore. And Right at that moment, they were panicking because they knew that God had promised them something. But their circumstances were going the opposite direction. And so if you remember the story, she made a suggestion. He thought it was a good idea. Here, take this other woman. And then gave Abraham this other woman, and they had Ishmael. But Ishmael, God rejected Ishmael. God says, no, that wasn't it. I promise you to. I didn't promise a part of an answer. You see, at this point, Abraham was still wavering. He was still wavering. Here's a fundamental question. It needs to be answered. Why didn't God give Abraham and Sarah a child in the time of their childbearing years? Why didn't he? And here's the answer. It took me a long time to figure this one out. Why did God wait until their bodies were dead before he gave them a child? He could have just as easily given it to them before her childbearing years were up. Why didn't he? Here's the answer. Why? Because this seed was to be a seed of faith. Because every generation following, it had to be a seed of faith. It could not come by natural means. It had to come supernatural. Right to the point where Jesus came supernaturally. It had to be birthed in faith. So when they wanted it, and when it made sense, and the circumstances lined up, God says, nope, not yet. It has to be by faith, Abraham. And right now, this is not by faith. This is by natural means. Needed to be by faith. Abraham's faith at that time, Abraham's faith was not ready. He was at that time staggering in his faith, in God's promises. That's why it goes back where it says in verse 20, but was strengthened in his faith. What happened? Every year that went by that they got older and it was more impossible, Abraham got stronger in his faith. Every year went by, he just became more resolute. Every year went by, he no promises coming. And his faith was going this way. Because he needed to be a man of faith. It was establishing something. And then after, so another more 19 more years, there's absolutely no hope on staggering faith. God, you're going to do it. You know, we need to sometimes stop figuring out all the options to the things you're asking. Abraham was looking at the options. Ishmael was a result of it. You know, our job, my job is not to figure out how God's going to do it. It takes a lot of pressure off you. You don't have to figure out how he's going to do it. You just have to believe he will do it. You don't have to try to figure out, God, you need to do this, and you need to do that, and I'm going to watch for that. And God says, leave the how to me. I'm God. Leave the how to me. You have unwavering faith. Believe me. Stop trying to reason. Or you'll get bogged down and you'll think of all the impossibilities as hindrances. And then you will be tossed to and fro. Do not come to God, number one, do not come to God expecting him to do any good thing for you unless you come to him in childlike faith. What's childlike faith? You know, when children are really young, they just believe because they haven't got all the other options. Children just, right, they need your help. They know they can't do it on their own. When we get older, we think we can do it. When it's a child, they know they can't really do it. And so they just need help. They just have faith. We have to come in childlike faith. Number two, do not come to God with any ifs. I'm going to say if it will be your will. If it will be your will. Frequently comes from the heart of those of us who are afraid to totally trust because we're too vulnerable if we say anything different. So God do this if it be your will. And there's the escape clause. So if I don't see anything, I don't have to exercise deepening faith. If it be your will, I can just leave it with the sovereignty of God. Just leave it with you. If it be your will, Lord. Some I've discovered in the New Testament there's only one place I found if used, where it said, if it be your will. And it incidentally came from Jesus himself. And I've heard people say, well, Jesus said it. In the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember the story where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he spending some time, and he was asking Peter, James, and John, would you pray with me? And then he would go off and he would pray. And in his prayers, he, would, he came to the place in his prayers where he went before the Father. He says, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. That's found in Matthew 26, 39. I'm going to read it again. Jesus on his face before the Father. Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. This is absolutely misunderstood in so many ways because you have to go back to verse 38. Verse 38 says, He says to the disciples, He says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus was not asking the Father to take away the death he was about to experience. For goodness sakes, for three years, Jesus had been telling his disciples, I'm going to die. He knew he came to die. He knew he came to be the sacrificial lamb for our sins, to take away our sins. He knew that from day one. He knew that all his life. He told them, I will die. He told them this death would be a, a painful death. The cross was not something Jesus was seeking to pass from. What he was seeking to pass from, verse 38, my soul is overwhelmed to, the, to sorrow, to the point of death. He was asking God, the weight of the anguish of the sins of the world too much. It's not death. He was not trying to escape death. The anguish of mankind's sin is too much. Would you take this anguish from me? That was his prayer. And God answered it. Because you watch Jesus walk out of that moment and go back to his disciples. He's filled with peace. There's chaos all around him. I mean, there's guards have come from the from, uh, Uh, the high priests, and they've come to take Jesus by force with their weapons, and Peter's swinging his sword around. He clips off an ear, and there's chaos all around, and the most peaceful person there was Jesus. Why was he so peaceful? Because his father answered his prayer. His prayer was not to pass from death. His prayer was not, Lord, be your will. Let me escape death. His prayer was, God, the anguish of the sins of man is on me. Would you take this? Take this. And he emerged with utmost peace. It's the only instance in the New Testament the word if is used. So I want to come back to this. 1 John 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything, this is our confidence, if we ask anything to his will, he hears us. Philippians 4. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace. Here's how we are to come. With confidence. Yeah. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Come with faith. Come with confidence. Not with ifs. Oh, well, Lord, I understand if you don't want to do this. The truly effective way to pray is to dig into God's word and to find his revealed will and then hold it before him. Lord, this is what your desire is. So Lord, I come in faith and I declare it. I believe it. It's your desire. Isaiah 55, 10, God says, so my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. We don't come to God expecting Him to do any good thing unless you come in childlike faith of His promises. Secondly, do not come to God if you've got a pile of ifs going on. And thirdly, and the last one, do not come to God unless you are ready to believe for exactly what you ask for. Believe what you ask for. Put your faith there. Mark eleven verse twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, whatever you ask, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. You leave the how and the timing with God. God doesn't tease. I'm going to read that again. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. God's not messing with us. He's not trying to create frustration in you. He's not creating substitutes. God's not one who gives substitutes. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, if he asks for a loaf of bread, you'll give him a stone. Or if your son asks for a fish, would you give him a snake? Of course not. If he asks for some bread, you'll give him some bread. If he asks for some fish, you'll give him some fish. There was a blind man that called out to Jesus when Jesus was walking along the road. The blind man knew Jesus was passing nearby. And so the blind man cried out to Jesus uh, to be healed. He cried out, be healed. I want to see. He shouted to Jesus. Jesus didn't go up to him and said, well, you know, I got something better than your eyesight. I'll give you some spiritual insight. I'll give you that you can know the deeper things of God. That'll be better than your eyesight. (laughs) The man needed his eyesight. And Jesus gave him his eyesight. He didn't give him something else. He doesn't give cheap substitutes. We need to hear this. Man wanted his eyesight. He received because he asked. James says, if any person asks for wisdom, God will give him what? Wisdom. He won't give him patience. He won't give him long suffering. (laughs) He won't give him discernment. If you ask for wisdom, what is it you're asking? Many times, I mean, the blind man, think about it. He, you know, Jesus. Jesus says, what is it you want? Say it. You'd think it was obvious. I want my sight restored. I believe you can do it. You put your faith. Therefore, be specific in what you ask and watch for it in faith. Matthew 21, 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. John 14, 13 and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. In other words, lined up to his name, his plan. Ask, and I will do it. John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever, the connection is out of his word, we know what to ask. If you remain in me, my words in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Just be careful you don't ask with wrong motives. That's a side note. Don't ask with wrong motives that aren't lined up with God's. Unless you come in childlike faith. Don't come unless if there's a pile of ifs, or until you believe for what you ask for. So there's a few things we can come to God. Come to Him with a forgiving heart. When you do come with a forgiving heart, Matthew six verse fifteen. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive yours. So make sure your hearts of a forgiving heart. If there's something that you need to fix, then fix it. Ask forgiveness. Release it. Secondly, when you do come, not only make sure you have a forgiving heart, make sure you're obeying God's word. If you're actively in disobedience to God's word and asking God's blessing, there's going to be a problem. 1 John 3, says, and receive from him Anything we ask because because we keep his commandments, this pleases him. So be in obedience. The Holy Spirit promises to reveal anything. If you don't know what there is, maybe God, David, would say, search my heart if there's anything that is out of alignment. And thirdly, if you're married, if you're married here today, treat your husband, treat your wife lovingly, intelligently, and with respect and honor. Why? First Peter says in chapter 3, so that your prayers not be hindered. If you're not doing it, don't expect your prayers to be answered. Treat them with the respect they deserve. And then come to God in simple, childlike faith. Great is his faithfulness. Father, I thank you, God, that, Lord, your word says it. We don't have to add to it. We, de- we don't have to interpret it. It's self-interpreting. Lord, you have called us to come in childlike faith. God, I pray that you would help us to do that. I pray that, Lord, we would be strengthened and to grow as Abraham did, that we would not be so quick to seek options or to have to understand in front because then it no longer is faith. Lord, there are things that are absolutely impossible if you do not intervene And so, Lord, we resolutely position our hearts and our lives before you. That, God, we put our faith in you. Your name, Jesus, Yeshua, our Savior. You're our salvation. You're our deliverer. And so, Lord, you will deliver from the bonds of sin. You will deliver from addictions. You will deliver from the tormentor. You are our deliverer. And we put our faith in you not in man, not in devices, in you. God help us to grow in our unbelief. Help us to become persuaded, fully persuaded. That Lord, we would be able to be seeing answers to prayers that we've been believing that are stirred in our hearts. God, we want to approach you with thanksgiving. We begin to thank you for the answers. Lord, we begin to give honor and praise For the answers that you are already working to bring to place. Lord, we determine we will not beg. We won't beg for what you've already granted us. We ask. We ask with faith believing. We ask with an unrelenting heart. And we thank you, God, for fulfilling your word to us. Thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name. If you're here this morning or watching online... The very first thing, if you are not a follower of Jesus, if you do not invite Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior, ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Ask Him to wash your dirt away and put your faith that He is the Christ, your Savior, your Deliverer. If you do that, you'll discover, you'll feel something. Something will begin to happen in your life. And I know if I had testimony here, many would testify to what God did in your life at the point even of your salvation, something changed. And so open your heart to the Lord. We're going to close the service, the song that we were singing earlier, Faithful you are, faithful forever you will be, faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. There are needs here this morning. I know we represent some things that you are just really believing God for. And we want to stand with you on that. So. We're going to just uh, have time. You can worship. Pastor Daniel is going to be leading us and singing. But I've, just, I've asked the rest of the band, because maybe some of the band wants to just be a part of the prayer time, just to spend some time with God. I encourage you, as I did, I frequently do, You know, if the Lord stirs your heart to do something, don't plan to do it later. Plan to do it now. Because the later frequently doesn't happen. The enemy loves the word tomorrow. He loves that. I'll do it tomorrow. Do it later. Because frequently we don't. When my heart is stirred, this is my discovery. I actually had a, there was an evangelist who said this one time. He had an altar call. And I was, I was the one sitting there going, oh, well, you know, I'll do it later. I don't want to make a scene. I don't want to go to the front. I don't. You know, I had all kinds of reasons. And uh, it was like he read my mind. He said, um, he said, there's faith here right now. There's faith here right now to do some miraculous things that won't be with you half an hour or an hour from now. So if you're believing for something, believe now because your faith will diminish. The atmosphere is now. And I remember him saying that and I was thinking, that's true. If I'm going to respond, I need to respond when I'm prompted because the Holy Spirit may not be prompting me later. Things will have happened. So if you have something you just are believing God for specifically, Lori and I were going to just be here at the altar uh, you're, feel free to come pray. Just uh, spend some time with the Lord. We just uh, open this time for you to be with the Lord before you race out. But we want to put to action that we, how not to come to God, don't come if <laughs> you don't have faith. God, I, I trust in you, as David would say. Don't come if you have a whack of ifs going on. And uh, make sure when you come, make sure you ask. You, you believe what you ask. Put your faith there. And he will strengthen and begin to grow your faith. And we're going to believe God's going to begin to answer prayers that have not been answered because we put faith in him. Would you join me in standing? Daniel's going to lead us in worship. And, and God bless you. Blessings be upon you as you go from here today. Be blessings. Uh, those who are part of our leadership team, in a few minutes after some time of prayer, we'll be meeting downstairs. Uh, and we just want blessings to be upon you this fine day. So Lord bless you. Be with you. May his face shine upon you. And be a blessing to you and your family. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.